You're listening to NFT 365, the first daily podcast on NFTs with your host, Fanzo, talking crypto, blockchain, Web3, non-fungible tokens, metaverse, and what the f*** is a non-fungible token? We'll get to that. It's time for today's episode of NFT 365, the only daily NFT podcast minting an NFT every day for 365 days. Powered by the ADHD coin at rally.io, here's your host and digital futurist, the ADHD superpowered Brian Fenzo. This show is not financial advice, so do your own damn research. What's up, friends? Welcome back to another episode of NFT 365. Or should I say like NFT365 IRL as we are broadcasting live in beautiful Columbus, Ohio. And I know I'm a Pittsburgh guy and I call it something in Ohio beautiful, but uh, maybe it's just wearing on me as I've been traveling to Ohio a lot recently. And I'll actually be, I'm in Columbus uh, this weekend. I'll be in Cleveland in a couple of weeks for uh, Content Marketing World. But we are in uh, at a live activation here at 10 Space uh, in beautiful Columbus, Ohio. And uh, excited to have a, a IRL guest that we uh, we got to hang out a little bit and talk uh, NFTs, marketplace, and all yeah. other things in this uh, arena. So uh, I will kick it over to you. Thanks so much for for joining us. Introduce yourself to the audience. Let them know a little bit about who you are. Absolutely, I'm Rob Richardson. It's good to be here, IRL. And uh, I want to say I heard you're from Pittsburgh, and so I'm a Cincinnati fan. So it's we're still going to get along, but like now I have to challenge you a little bit. But anyway, I'll I'll come back to that later. Uh, I'm the CEO of Disrupt Art. Uh, we are on the flow, uh, blockchain and our whole technology is, is about making, uh, this market as accessible and as inclusive as possible. That's what we care about. Uh, and we believe IRLs and, and activations are really, are a big part of us seeing mass conversion when it comes to NFTs. So for those, you know, I feel like I've had a leverage over you as a Pittsburgh person and someone from oh, Cincinnati Lord. for a long time until recently. <laughs> and uh, it was even tough. I was cheering for you guys in the Super Bowl as well. Uh, but you we know, just need an offensive line. There we you did, go. We, did, that was, that's, we were missing an offensive line. You I'm and I saying. both. Yes. Uh, <laughs> so, I, I, you know, real quick for those listening at home, uh, you might be wondering, wait a second. There's people building products, services, and IRL events not in New York, Miami, or L.A., uh, and that's, you know, there's like this weird narrative and I don't know about you, but I love amplifying the other side of the world where it's like, there's a lot of great things happening around. And Absolutely. so talk to me. So Cincinnati, you disrupt.art. Talk a little bit about like, how did that come together as far as, you know, what you're building and then, you know, where has it, or where are we kind of going as we move forward? Cause I got, I got to have a little sample and for those curious flow blockchain, uh, it was one that I mentioned that this like, Maybe small company that some people have heard of. Uh, there's a couple of big brands that might be uh, partnering with, you know, Dapper Labs and going all in uh, with everything uh, Flow. And I am bullish, huge fan of the the Flow blockchain. Ticketmaster just announced this yep. week that they moved all in on the Flow blockchain. So I love that. That's where you're at. I always like to put that context because if you don't say the words OpenSea and Ethereum, oftentimes yeah. there's like this illusion that we're hanging out in some dark room. So talk to me a little bit about where you're building and kind of how, what, what did it start from? Like what was the, the original idea and then where are we at today? Yeah, it's one of those things that, you know, four years ago, I would have not thought that I would have actually been in this space. But it really, to me, why we started Disrupt Art is really around uh, our passion and my passion specifically to have impact. And so before I got into this world, I was uh, very much into education. I, was the young, I, I became the youngest chairman of the board of the University of Cincinnati, helped lead its innovation agenda, which is now a, the 1819 Center. They were the first 
a place in Ohio to kind of create like an innovation hub and center based upon what we help execute there. And then I took, uh, then I took a lot of my experience and actually decided I was going to try to run for office and did, ran statewide. Uh, the, the good news is I got the third most votes in history running for treasurer of the state of Ohio. I guess the, the bad news is my opponent got the second most in history. <laughs> so I, I got over two million votes really focusing on this concept that I believe in and why I'm building in the space that I'll get to in a minute is really it's about having inclusive innovation. That is when more people participate in an economy and we're more intentional about that happening, the economy expands. Not only is it the right thing to do, it's the, it's the economically smart thing to do. And so fast forward now. So when I, uh, didn't win that race, I wanted to figure out what to do with my life. So what do people do when they're passionate about issues? They start a podcast, which is what I did, right? And started having events connecting uh, entrepreneurs and creators, very similar to the space we're here with, with 10 Space. But right when I started that, uh, COVID happened. So we started doing events online. And then when we held one of our events, which was called uh, the Art Equity Summit, uh, leading up to that, Someone said, uh, so one, of, one of our creators said, you should really look into this crypto art space. I was like, what the hell is crypto art? Like, you pay crypto and get art? And so I went down the rabbit hole. And what I discovered is that uh, not only is, is this something that I definitely had an interest in, uh, I think it was very uh, important to have and own a platform that was about the things that I care about, impact and inclusion. And so uh, I, I, I came to the belief that I'm sure you believe, too, that this technology has the opportunity to be the most transformational thing we've seen in our lifetimes in terms of what it can do to expand access and opportunities for people. But there's a big problem. There's only a few people that know about this space. Still, that's the case. And while we like to believe it's a very accessible space, it is not as accessible as we would like to believe, you know, particularly how most people do it. And so what we want to do and what we have done and what we're going to continue to do is to make it so it's as easy as possible to enter into this space so it doesn't cost you money to, to mint. And most importantly, it's easy to access because that is a barrier for people right now and it's an important one to address. So uh, we wanted to be really intentional about that and that's the reason why we started Disrupt Art. It's really about dis using art to disrupt and empower and to be inclusive. And what we were seeing is that this space was was definitely maybe creating more, uh, it created a few new millionaires, but how it was going is that it was kind of working towards being exclusive. And at the end of the day, we were kind of recreating the same problem that we said we were trying to avoid in Web2. And that's what we wanted to address. Yeah, it's funny how the haves that maybe previously were have-nots all of a sudden live into the have world. And then they're like, oh, I don't think I want to make this uh, inclusive. Uh, and, you know, I'm a big believer, you know, that the future of innovation is built through collaboration, Absolutely. right? And I believe collaboration requires diverse opinions, diverse perspectives. And I love that you kind of represent to that. Um, and I also love, you know, you went to the, uh, you know, the event route. Um, I also think one of the big pieces that we can, you know, I, I love this podcast more than any podcast I've ever done before mainly because the people that I get to interview and talk about have backgrounds that are some of the, the people that have done things amazing in all different walks of life running for office. I mean, I, I, I'm not even sure if that would have ever even crossed my mind nor even thought that it was something that I would ever look at doing. And, and you mentioned Smart like, man. yeah, well, <laughs> well, it says the guy that got third most, uh, you know, votes. And I, I think, um, you know, one of the things I'm curious about with, you know, where, you know, 
when you said, hey, I want to create something, right? You yes. launch a podcast. You want to create something that doesn't exist. There's a lot of people that talk that game. Yeah. There's a lot of people that believe there's certain things that they actually want to make happen. But there's not as many people that are willing to put their money, their time, their resources behind it. What was you, where did you see like the light or maybe that like, hey, I know that it can go here even if I have to do the dirty work uh, to get there? What was kind of like, was there an aha moment or something that you saw or experienced that kind of got you to kind of not only go all in, but kind of you know, start really kind of building in this space for you know, what you want to see? Yeah, it's a great question. And it really just comes from my experience of who I am. So uh, I'll, take, I'll take the listeners through a very short journey of who I am. But um, I've been told and underestimated most of my life. So it, when the trials and the challenges came through this and continue to come, it's not a surprise to me. So <clears throat> I'm a person that was told that I would never make it to college because I, I was diagnosed with ADHD, which is a learning difference, not disability. Uh, but... Uh, I struggled initially in school for uh, up until about the eighth grade, and I had this conversation with my eighth grade teacher, and I remember it like it was yesterday. I told her, look, I don't care what I've done in my past. I'm going to do all this stuff, go to college, change the world. And she basically looked at me and said, Rob, there's no way you're doing any of that. Like, you're, you're setting yourself up for failure. You're a horrible student. I'm paraphrasing, but it was basically said that way, right? And I'm looking like tears in my eyes. And I go back to my mother, and she said, listen, Rob, you never have to be defined by anyone's low or narrow expectations of you. You define yourself for yourself, by yourself. So uh, I've, I've taken that as motivation. And every time I've had ad any type of adversity, I go back and remember that moment because, yeah, it's supposed to be tough. It is tough. And then second, you know, I'm African-American. I don't use that as, a, as, as, a, as an excuse, but it's, it's, a, it's a fact that the, when it comes to the tech sector and even more in Web3, it's less diverse. And so... Because you don't meet the, the image of what people think when they think of tech, that presents a, a barrier to some people. But I also don't care. It's the same view that teacher had of me, and I went on to graduate with, with my degree in electrical engineering and law and went on to become chairman of the board. I look at this the same way of where, we are, where we're at with crypto. I believe this space is needed. There needs to be a platform that is focused on accessibility, impact, and inclusion, and that's us. Yeah, I love that. And of course, the ADHD thing, we bonded uh, on that. You know, our audience, you know, my intro says, you know, the ADHD super powered uh, Ryan Fanzo. I took my Adderall actually just before we started this recording. Um, and but, I, you know, I, I can, you know, our audience knows that, you know, I sat there in my, my guidance counselor's office in 10th grade and he laughed when he said, I said, he's like, what do you want to do after high school? And I said, college. And he started laughing and He's a great guidance counselor. The laughing was more like, get over yourself, Fanzo. College isn't for you. Right. And, and I didn't like school. I loved, I, I, that's true. I didn't like class. Love school. Yeah, I get People that. person, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, grades weren't something that I, you know, was ever great at either. And, you know, I also just want to caveat too, there's two things you kind of brought up there on like, you know, in the, the BIPOC conversation, right? Yes. I think not only do we know that there needs to be more seats at the table for BIPOC women and, you know, especially even non-represent, uh, yeah. you know, where the microphone is, but there's also an element of like kind of, you know, throwing the table upside down and kind of flipping things, Absolutely. you know, on its head. And, you know, I think we also have to approach things differently. Manushka, uh, who is, you know, yeah. an amazing leader in this space was on she our is. podcast just the other day. Um, and, you know, after we were done recording, she was excited that you and I uh, we're going to be able to record here. And, and you know, one of the things that I like to you know, make sure we kind of 
open up that conversation on is, you know, when we're thinking about when you're building like kind of a, either a marketplace or you're building on a blockchain, you know, we talk about like reducing the barrier to entry and yes. the need for education. But there's also something to be said about like once someone gets the aha in this space or recognizes that the blockchain is pretty much not really a technology change, it's much more of a mindset shift. That's but, all it is. But, That's but yeah, right. Point. If you're not, That's a great point. If you're not here and I tell you to set up a wallet and you have a seed phrase and, oh, don't give that to someone because they can steal all your stuff, you're going to be running down the streets here yep. in Columbus, Ohio. I don't, I don't blame the people for that. So, you know, when you and I started talking about what you were building and I was taking a look at it, right, there's, there's this weird balance yes. where someone's like, make it super easy for me, yes. but give me everything that I've seen on TV that has the people that hold the board apes have, right? And so, like, yeah, there's, yeah. like, that weird kind of balance on that. You know, when you were looking at, like, a building w with where you've built now, you know, what about the flow blockchain? What about, like, kind of reducing the barrier to entry? Yeah. Uh, I think you mentioned, like, it's as easy as kind of creating your, another social media account right. or, or even, you know, creating another Gmail account, right? right? Going through that process. What were some of the things that you were kind of walking through thinking, like, okay, how can we make this simple? But also, how can we make it expandable so that if people want to live into the future, it's yes. not like, hey, you took this entry point. Now start over now that you're in here. How did you kind of factor that kind of in? Yeah, that's a great question. So uh, and there's basically two questions there, it sounds like. So question one. I have ADHD. There's always no, two no, questions. No, no, you're good. So, so we get along, brother. We're good. We're good. We're good. Uh, you know, the first question, I saw NBA Top Shot and saw that that is how it has to work for the mass, for the mass, for the masses. The people that, are, that were there two years ago when we first started looking here, right? The people, that, the people that are mostly the dominant folks in this space right now, the leaders, the, those who are willing to be the disruptors, they are still outliers. They, but they're going to lead the way, but that doesn't necessarily mean the way, it's going to look like that in three to five years. So not that I can predict the future, but my bet was that the masses would go towards something that was more accessible, and then you give people the option to go as far down as they want to. So we built that into the platform that if you want to, you can go and get a blocked wallet, for example, that starts off as centralized and you can take private keys and it becomes decentralized. Then you're responsible, yeah. right? Uh, we're, we're definitely going to be multi-chain because we want to give people options. But first, we have to make sure people can onboard in an easy way. So because if you don't get the mind shift, nothing else matters. They never get to the point where they can know how to, to know the difference between a custodial and a non-custodial wallet. They, get to the, they feel like they're, it's, it's too intimidating. There's too much risk. So we want people to make the, the experience easy. So when we, we often do, and what we hope to do with 10 Space, people come into, the people that are going to come to this event next week, they can all get an NFT dropped to them very easily, just like signing up on a social media. So it just brings down the barrier there. It's like, oh, it's not some huge, complicated thing. And you don't need to know every single technical detail, something that I, I repeat all the time. And people tell me it's super complicated. I don't understand. I tell them to explain the technology of email to me. They don't know that either. <laughs> you don't need to know Wait, it. you mean I click this button and it magically ends up on your phone. Right. That's pretty much what we know. That's, and all you need to know is what an NFT does. Now, you can learn more. Right. You need to learn the basics, just like you, need to, just like you wouldn't give out your passwords to your email because there's, there's security features. You need to know the basics but you don't need to understand the technology. You need to understand what it does and how it can transform your life as a creator, as a brand. That I can show you, and I can also take you down as far down the rabbit hole as you want to. But we, don't, we have to get people to see the mindset of this is what's possible and this is why it can work. Well, you know, I think for everyone that's listening right now, I know for some of our listeners, they're like, wait a second. 
is my wallet non-custodial or custodial? And like, and I, and I say that because it's important to recognize like it's okay to not know some of these yeah. things, right? And there's there's the purists or maxis on certain sides, right? And the yeah. maxis that are on the decentralized side are like, oh my gosh, they you they can't you can't believe they're using a, a centralized approach to onboarding. But there's something that we have to just recognize in all tech, all adoption curves, right? That until you're in it, until you believe, until you yep. see it, until you experience it. You're not going to get to the, the, that end world that we're at. And, you know, I'm also a, a believer in where the technology is being innovated right now. Blockdo, for example, I actually talked to you about this. Like, yeah. you know, I minted, you know, we're buying an NFT every day for a year. And I minted back in December, uh, an NFT using the Blockdo wallet. And I remember being like, all right, this is, it, it's different. It's interesting. Uh, I liked it. You know, it was definitely simple, but I was like, man, there's a couple of things in there that, that was to me a couple extra steps that were needed. And yeah, I was I like, yeah, yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> and, and when I went to go use it again, it was probably three months ago or three months later. I remember going, wait a second. Like that was super clean and smooth and I can move things where I want yep. them. Right. And so I think that's a, a important part of the conversation. The other thing you mentioned as far as like people being this, able to set up, right. But it's yep. also being able to airdrop it. Right. We are, uh, you know, broadcasting live here from, uh, you know, Columbus, Ohio. We're at a live activation, right? People are going to, are coming in here. They're getting to learn about crypto. They can, they can see, you know, it dropping from the sky. They can get educated yep. uh, on the terms, but there's also something about, understanding like kind of the the ecosystem right where yeah. you know there's the buying and selling and that's really what most people focus on yes. but there's the idea of you know let's just say proof of attendance or yeah. you know we have here on our podcast proof of podcast yeah. um you mentioned like being able to airdrop you know people being able to show up talk to me a little bit about like how does that look for so someone walks in to 10 space yeah. uh you know let's just say 10 space next week they walk in they they have no metamask on their phone yeah they've never even heard of custodial non-custodial wallet but there's an nft available via your platform there what do what are, what does it go from there to them being able to kind of claim an airdrop oh so very there's a couple uh, easy ways so number one let's say if we had their email in advance in their email, we could literally just like you would claim a ticket online. People are used to that experience. They get an email to say you get to claim this special 10 space NFT as a part of our gift to you for being here. And they go and they go, they literally go on, they create a profile, they go to something that says airdrop and they hit claim and they look in their collection, it's there. And for those that are listening, you know, people that are going to events like this are yeah. going to Inventbrite and they're buying a ticket. Yeah. Because I, I hear a pushback on that. There are people like, how are we going to get their email? They're in person. It's like the same way they bought a ticket to come to your in-person yeah, event, right? Like, simple, like, like, let's not make things more complicated. Or, or, or you can put a QR code, scan the QR code and go sign up. I mean, it's not, it's not, it's, it, we, we want to make it as simple as possible and then make people know now you have an NFT and it's not something that, and people will, the, then more questions come. But we want to get people past the point of seeing this as something that's overly complicated. It is not, right? And then we can go down the rabbit hole of this is how it applies. This is how you have opportunities as a brand to co-create now with your community, uh, because now you have a you have an you have something that is a, I don't want to say it's an asset because it's not guaranteed, but it's a potential asset. And if the community values it, it will become an asset. And if you create this community, and the greatest utility we have is the community. Suddenly now you have not only, you don't have customers, you have super fans that are building you customers on top of customers on top of customers on top of customers. It's literally, I was just talking to the CEO here of, of Tenspace about this. This is what they've already done using, using the IRL experience. It's, a, it's just an extension of the same thing. I look at NFTs, as you said, is, this is not new. 
The technology is nothing more than a tool for how we can engage together and create a better system of us interacting. Well, and let's face it, I think, you know, not only is this not new, but we didn't really have a digital authenticated way of making it happen, yes. right? So like, that's the I only mean, part that the technology is a tool. To right. That. To make that happen, right? Because I mean, yes. like my, I grew up, my family owned a frozen yogurt shop and we would do a punch card and I would have like a special punch card. Well, people would come every summer to our, our frozen yogurt shop. They realized where my mom bought her little yep. punch card from. And then, so then we had to come up with like a punch card and a stamp, exactly. right? And then all of a sudden people were like punch card. And I was like, man, this is getting ridiculous. Yeah. Well, now we have mobile devices and it's like, well, if I gave you a discount code, we know what happens. Uh, it's posted to Reddit or to a website. Yep. And I mean, I don't buy anything in these days without searching discount code for whatever no. it may be, which defeats so much of that value, that like relationship with that fan. Exactly. And the idea here, right? Like let's, you know, one of the use cases I love for an event, right? So let's say not only do they get to claim an NFT when they, you know, sign up for, you know, attend a, you know, an IRL experience like 10 space, but maybe they get, they have, when they claim it's two of them and what they are able to do is they can transfer that to anyone. And when they come, that person they transfer it to can show up here and they get access into that event. Well, now when we think about it, now we're giving people not only that like utility that that aha but the other part of this that i think is important is that you know with the flow blockchain and the tokenomics percept per, you know uh, element when someone says like hey this is onboarding and there's less steps there's assumptions made that there's actually less capability on like token gating right. and that's a i think that's a mis conception, right? Is. And I, I've proven it we, we for, you know, actually while this is live, uh, you know, we're doing a merch drop for our communities. We have some merch that just went out this weekend and we're gating it across three uh, blockchains. Yeah. I, I like to do things that no one's done. And, and so like when you come there, depending on what you have in your wallet, yeah. you have a different shopping experience. Exactly. And for me, like part of that is, hey, this flow blockchain, I can still use that token ID yeah. and gate things on different places. But the, there is an element of, okay, now that I, you got people that have their nft and they leave the activation what are what are some of the things that you're seeing kind of like live with even within the marketplace even maybe is it's you know now that i have their wallet i already had their email address why would that matter or how are you guys looking at it from a standpoint of what matters to the small business owner or yeah, even the live great, event that's a great question so what we're looking to do is is lo looking into the future of using nfts in a way where a brand can now literally seek to co-create. So let me back up, right? Yep. If Prince was around, he wouldn't have had to change his name because he would have started with NFTs. He's, he was one of the people to, revolu to revolutionize actually fan clubs. Yep. And so, so what he would have done is used NFTs to make sure he had a direct connection with his fans, with his most loyal fans. And with that NFT, you know, I'm projecting, but, uh, but I'm assuming based upon knowing Prince and being a Prince fan, Maybe we call it the purple rain list, whatever. I right? like it. Right? We call it the purple rain list. And then everybody in here, you get a chance to get uh, exclusive behind the scenes music that only you get a chance to hear first. You get maybe album, color, uh, album covers or visuals sent to you. You get a chance to get the opportunity to, to purchase unique fashion that Prince designs. Maybe you get a chance to help co-create and tell Prince what type of fashion you like. Maybe you get to sit behind the scenes with Prince uh, to help co-create his music. So you become a part of, of, of his community. How valuable would, would being a part of that community be? Like, how powerful would that have been had he been around? How powerful, even if they I mean, created something right now? I mean, that would be, how valuable would that be? It would be extremely valuable done right. I mean, every business would kill to be Taylor Swift. Let's be very clear, right? The yeah. Swifty nation there and her connection. Like, I, I laugh all the time when people are like, you know, fan club and the disconnection. And I'm like, 
you know, and I'm a Taylor Swift fan, and, you know, and actually I'm looking at an in-betweener right here, right, Justin Bieber, okay. uh, I'm a big Justin Bieber fan as well, and, you know, I think, you know, one of the things that I found really interesting, I'm, I'm a holder of, you know, in-betweeners, minted them originally, and, you know, it's with the artist that, that actually has done all of, uh, of Bieber's uh, merch, done some of Snoop Dogg's merch, um, and they've done, you know, giveaways and activations yeah. uh, for, you know, Justin Bieber's events, and, and, you know, even from a standpoint of, like, you know, I mentioned the Taylor Swift side, she showed up at people's houses, and people are like, yeah, but like, you know, they're part of a fan club and they have like their address. Well, part of that is like when trust's built through kind of this authentic connection of That's fans, right. That's right. all of the other things kind of fall into place. That's and so exactly I think right. that, that is a big barrier to entry. The other part that I want to kind of loop back, and we mentioned the, the BIPOC conversation. Yes. I think not only have we recognized that in this space, there are a lot of people, and this is kind of pun intended, they get a microphone, which we are on right now. <laughs> That doesn't mean all of them should have a microphone. Let's no. also make that very clear. But they do. They but do. We, yeah. we believe in decentralization. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm all. I'm all. Yeah, it's like one of those things. Like I'm, I'm all to non-censorship until I hear some of the things that come yeah. out of some people's mouths, and then I'm like, wait a second, am I in? Yeah. Uh, but I think the other part of this conversation is that we also have to recognize opportunities to see things differently, present things differently. Yeah. And, you know, I, I'm curious just from your background and your approach, even the political side, right? Like, sure. you know, there are a lot of people that look at that space, right? And we look at what uh, you know, President Obama did from the standpoint of activating social media in yeah, ways that absolutely. no one would have imagined, right? right. Like, and, uh, you know, this medium lives on Twitter. Yeah. Now, for a majority of people, even many of our listeners, I get these messages, Brian, I don't like Twitter. I, Twitter, I hate Twitter. Yeah. I'm like, I understand. <laughs> Lots of people hate it. It's my yeah. personal favorite platform, but uh, I know a lot of people hate it. But there's also that, uh, the, our need to craft different messages in different mediums. We're here at 10 Space, and one of the things that I love is that you know, people learn differently. You know, the reason that Absolutely. our podcast is transcribed on our website we record every episode on video. It's not because I'm bored and I have nothing else better to do. Right. But I recognize that a lot of people are going to consume things differently. In your kind of experience through like, I mean, where, where you've gone, I mean, law, um, you know, politics, and now we're coming here. What are some of the things that people that are listening right now can do differently to bring conversations to light in maybe places that, that currently aren't aware of what's going on? Oh, great question. You have to communicate in such a way that the person that you're communicate, communicating with has the understanding and connection to you. So a better way of saying that is you have to have empathy for the person. And that doesn't even mean you agree. See, people have this. Oh, you're, you're talking my language right, now. I love right, that. That's a right. great one. Empathy doesn't mean agreement. No. Empathy means understanding someone's position and how they got there and understanding where they are in their journey and communicating, them, communicating with them in a way where you actually have a chance to reach them. And so you don't, this goes for having a, any type of controversial conversation, but it also goes for how we should teach technology. So and there has to be empathy for people that we're onboarding into any space, right? And then so it, there's this assumption that if people don't understand it, and I think this is very prevalent within the Web3, but also within the tech space, like everyone here, I'm super smart and you're an idiot. Yep. Right? If you can't understand how to do this, you're not smart. And Everyone then, that's listening, too many people talk at people and they're yes. not willing to talk with people, right? Like that yep. is a massive error in this space. It's mass so everything that I seek to do in communications, I seek to tell a story or anchor it in something that they may understand. So if I'm talking to someone that 
that's a, that's a game. There's a lot of people that are gamers that don't understand NFTs. Oh, the gamer, right. yeah, the gamer community hates this space, right. but a lot of it's because most of them, and it sounds bad, but they don't have an empathetic view on a lot of things either, right? Like, right. Let's be very clear or, on that. Or, or understanding of how they're being exploited by uh, right. Epic Games and other people, sure. right? Because like, what's going on, when I explain to them, well, you're doing this every day, you, you just decide to give $10 million to Epic Games instead of actually being able to understand that when you're creating that skin, you're creating value. Yeah. You're creating value when you're doing that. So I make parents understand all that stuff you're paying for skins, all that, that you know that money you pay, because they know that. They said, yeah, wouldn't it be better if your kids could, could actually make money for their creative time? Like, yes, that's how, that's an NFT. They get it, right? And then, and then I, I try to explain to people, when I tell people about blockchain, I don't get into nodes, I don't get into all that stuff. I just tell them, do you have Google Docs? Mm-hmm. They say, yeah, you know how Google Docs works? All right, I want you to understand this. It's not all the way accurate, but it's enough to understand. Blockchain is, is, is like Google Docs, but without Google, <laughs> right? I said, we all have a database, everyone shares it, but there's no one that's controlling it and, it and you can trust it. The only difference is Google, so I want you to understand that. And then I, once they get that, they get that. And I tell them NFTs, really simple. It's a digital fingerprint. We can't exchange fingerprints, it's unique. And then it's also this smart contract, and I just tell them all that is, if you and I have a contract, I say, I'm going to appear on your podcast, you pay me $10,000, he's not paying me $10,000. Thank goodness. I'll take it, though, if you want to give it. But (laughs) but that's a contract. Instead of us having to do that, it's just a process that's automated. Once once this happens, a creator gets money, or something happens, people get money. That's all all this is. We don't have to overcomplicate it. So the goal is, when you're communicating with people, is to understand where they are, not where you think they should be, not what you understand, not what you think is right, and could be right. You have to understand where they are and communicate with them in, with where they are, not where you think they should be. Oh, I love that. I'll give you some ADHD coin. I do have some ADHD coin, which is my coin there on right. Rally. Uh, and we'll, 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 go, we'll, I'll take care of you on that side. You know, we're here at, you know, at 10 Space here at this event, right? And I loved, you know, walking the space. And one of the things that is immersive, just for those that kind of paint a picture, you know, not only are there, you know, words on the, on the wall and then you're kind of experiencing, you're able to step inside, but you're able to even sit down in some funky chairs, which I like the funky yeah. chair idea and experiencing, uh, the fun. But there's also just this element of like, you know, not only choose your own adventure, but your ability to be kind of be immersed in, yeah. in your own discovery of the Absolutely. aha, right? And I think it's easy for us to silo people or force people down our own way of exactly. learning, our own way of thinking. And that's, let's face it, that's why we get the same people doing the same things and the yeah. same people at power. It's because we're not opening those doors, right? I'm, a, I'm one of those guys, I hate rules. But I love swim lanes. I always like to say, like, give me swim lanes. Let me bob and weave, and I'll get to the end. Yeah. But give me a bunch of rules, and I'm gonna go break through that. I, I just, I'm just yeah, always been. ADHD. Yeah, it is. I, I just I get it. I'm the same way. Look, proud I'm, misfit. I, I, I get it. <laughs> me too. So I, I'm curious, you know, as we kind of pull this together, you know, we're here, at the, you know, at live activation here, and I even think, you know, I was messaging with uh, a couple of people that I was coming here to Columbus, and and they're like, Brian, you're gonna be recording live with a bunch of giant digital screens of JPEGs around you, like. That was their immersive experience. And, and I think it's easy for, and, and, and truthfully, that's what's happened at a lot of these events, right? Yeah. We Not make, at ours at MidwestCon, no, by no, the way. Hey, hey, at MidwestCon, I thought lots of great stuff. We actually mentioned that here on the podcast. We talked a little bit about uh, MidwestCon uh, back when it was going on because some of our, you know, my good friends uh, got to participate. And in, you're going to be there next year. We're yeah, going to have Here we go. Hey, apparently, I love Ohio. I keep coming back there to Ohio. So, there you go. There you go. Uh, I make that happen. But, I, you know, I think you know, one of the, the misconceptions often is, is like, what is like immersive? How do we kind of open that door? So, I'm just curious, like, kind of, you know, as you're looking at kind of like the future and even 
even, you know, from your platform, yes. integration of offline, and we can even say metaverse as well. How are you looking at, you know, maybe the things that, you know, you mentioned kind of, you know, collaborations with Tenspace, collaborations um, with different NFT projects. For some of our listeners that are like wanting to get involved, maybe with the, the tech that you're building, yes. what are some of like the ways that people can get involved or see ways to kind of collaborate? So, I mean, there's, there's a couple of things. Uh, so we have a big conference every year, Midwest kind, and there we're really intentional about building out immersive experiences. So what we did this year is like, so, you know, one example of an immersive experience is we did a, a fashion show that was both that we could see the physical wearables and also see the avatar walking on the screen at the same time. And then you can actually get those digital wearables uh, and that would get you access to uh, that actually physical item and then some exclusive items to be made by that creator. Once people understand the application of it and they experience it, the fashion show was Really cool. They got yeah, Tal, Tal Navarro was there, right? I think Tal, 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 Tal good friend Tal, and she did a great job covering her on social. I felt she like did. I was, I felt like I was on the runway with Tal. So no, that was Tal's great. the greatest. Tal's the greatest. She was there, and 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 so our goal is people make people understand like this is this is not something that is foreign. This is something that's already there, but now we have a means to be able to uh, actually monetize for creator creators should be getting paid for their value. There, I think the part of this. Um, Part of this thought process, I think, with people, they don't say it, but I, some of it's there. It's like, why are we paying creators this much? That's not the right way to look at it. Why haven't we been paying creators <laughs> for all the value they've been creating? Why have we assumed that it's, it, it's, it's, it's not worth, it's not valuable? It is valuable. It takes a lot to be a creator, and that talent should be rewarded. And now we finally have a means to be able to do that. So I'm actually, so when people are able to see this, that look, this is not just, Nothing wrong with the board at Yacht Club. Wish I would have been it there. But people just see that and they just see like they assume that that's the only application to how this stuff works. It applies to music. It applies to fashion. Uh, it, it applies to brand loyalty. And there's a way to do this in a way that's fun. Now you can, instead of just being a customer in a one-off, you could do things where you can interact. And, that's, and so I think when people actually experience it in person and they see that it's not just limited to, uh, I have a picture on my phone. No. That's a part of a, that can be a part of a process, but it's so much more than that. And when people understand that, the light bulb goes off. That's why I think it's so important to get people in the room uh, because there's only so much you can do online. Technology is just an extension of who we are. Just be very quick on this. Just like artificial intelligence, I, I think the better term, I had someone on my podcast talk about this, is the better term is not, is not uh, artificial intelligence, it's augmented intelligence. Mm. The goal is supposed to be to help improve the human experience, not replace it. And the same thing with NFTs. This is not to replace the physical. This is to enhance it. So, and you've, and you've seen this. Like, Tal Navarro is a good example. We hadn't been friends. We didn't know each other pre-COVID. My co-founder sitting over there, we didn't know each other pre-COVID. What, what this allows us to do is to expand the human experience, not replace it. So people shouldn't be afraid of it. They should embrace it because we're going to become more digital. That doesn't mean we become less human. Oh, amen. You know, I like to say, you know, no technology will fix stupid or stop bad people from doing <laughs> bad things. Uh, and no technology is going to replace, you know, what we as humans do well, right? And, exactly. I, and you mentioned that word empathy. Uh, that's actually my keynote that I'm giving there in Cleveland. Uh, it's called digital empathy. And I, oh, wow. it's something that I, we just really need to be better at being able to read signals online to understand yep. nonverbal cues, even if we don't see them, uh, you know, or in, you know, in physical form. 
But the thing you mentioned there, you know, we are here at 10 Space, you know, in person. There really is nothing that replaces a handshake. So I'm going to give you a handshake and all say right, thank you for uh, joining the podcast. No. You know, this thank is what it's all about. You know, we'll check out. We'll put all the links to your Disrupt. Uh, I would say disrupt.art. Please check us out. Also, uh, MidwestCon.live. See, because again, innovation in Web3 doesn't just exist on the East Coast or the West Coast. We, we do it here, right here in the Midwest in Ohio. So we'd love to have you there and you will definitely enjoy your experience. And, and Brian, I appreciate you, man, yeah, for man. all the work you're doing, brother. I appreciate you. And yeah, I mean, Ohio's representing. I tell you what, it's getting a little scary. I'm, I'm, I'm jumping on the Ohio bandwagon here. Uh, but yeah, for those listening at home, you know, the other part of this that I think just is really important when we think about, you know, the, the possibilities of, of things that can happen. You know, empathy also comes from the idea that when you see someone else doing something, even if, it, if the use case isn't directly for you, the opportunity that it unlocks other doors yeah. is a great opportunity for us to amplify and celebrate. And we need more, you know, we need more IRL experiences like this, but we need ones that are willing to collaborate, open doors, and bring these together. So, of course, we want to give some love to our sponsor, that is Crypto Business Conference. Crypto Business Conference is happening in beautiful San Diego, California. And, you know, if you're looking for, you know, not only valuable content, but pitch-free content, which we know is not always the case here in the NFT space, but also getting, you know, full access to recordings, uh, really getting, you know, the hand-on training and insights to all things Web3, definitely check out the Crypto Business Conference. You can just go to socialmediaexaminer.com slash NFT 365. And as always, my friends, make it a great day. Cheers. The Mint 365 Collection 100-Day Countdown is on. We're counting down to November 11th when we'll auction off all 365 NFTs as one collection, including a custom mosaic of all the art. Want to bid on this one-of-a-kind Web3 time capsule? For details, keep listening to NFT 365. If you found this helpful, let us know by leaving a review. Like, subscribe, share, and do all of those good things. We are greater than me, and as always, the show is